This morning, uh, this morning we're going to have a hymn sing. If you were here last week, uh, we did that. So in a few minutes, uh, you'll be able to call out your favorite hymn, call it out by name or number. We're delighted to have Carol uh, filling in for Noah, and then Sandy Murphy is going to uh, help us with the hymn sing too. So uh, first, a little hymn history, uh, How Great Thou Art. Usually when we think of hymns, we think they've been around forever, since at least the 1700s. But the history of How Great Thou Art is sort of interesting. It started in Sweden. A, a man called Carl Boberg uh, saw a thunderhead appear on the shore. A big thunderstorm was brewing. Lightning flashed, thunderclaps shook the air, and it sent him running for shelter. Now, when the storm had passed, he rushed home. He opened his windows to let in the fresh bay air, and the vision of tranquility that greeted him stirred something deep in his soul. The sky had cleared, thrushes, birds began to sing, and in the distance, he heard the resonant knell of church bells. That Junk's position between the storm, the power of that, and then the peace and tranquility afterwards gave him the idea, so he sat down and wrote a poem called O Stor Gut, meaning in Swedish, O Mighty God. And it's that poem that through a lot of twists and turns became the hymn that we know, How Great Thou Art. It, it stayed in Sweden for about a hundred years and then was translated into German, then into Russia, Russian. And it wasn't until the 1930s that a uh, English missionary, Stuart Hine, uh, one of the gentlemen at 830 is somehow related to him. His family always sings how great thou art. But uh, Stuart Hine was an English missionary in Ukraine and he heard this song. This poem by then had been set to a Swedish folk song, and he sang it with the people they served. And he was inspired to translate it into English, which he did in 1949. Think about that. Just 1949 was the first time that O Storgut, or as he christened it, How Great Thou Art, was translated into English. Now, it became popular in India, an English-speaking country, and a choir from India came and performed in America. And in attendance was Tim Spencer, who was a singing cowboy. Remember those? An actor. But he had just founded Mana Music, a Christian music uh, publishing house. So he heard that song, How Great Thou Art, and, and wanted to buy it. And once he bought it, then he wanted to promote it. So he promoted it. And it, in 1954, was relatively unknown in America. 1954. No one knew how great thou art. But George Beverly Shea, who was the famed soloist on the Billy Graham Crusades, he heard it. He sang it, he sang it for Billy Graham, and they both loved it. So it became the signature song for the Billy Graham Crusades across our country in the 1950s. And then came Elvis. That's literally what my notes say right here. <laughs> because Billy Graham's crusade made it famous among the millions of people that attended, but Elvis 
recorded it and made it even more famous. Two recordings, one in 1967 and one in 1974 on his gospel albums. So while we think hymns have been around forever, How Great Thou Art had a, had a meteor rise in the 1950s and 60s. So in the United Methodist hymn, though, it wasn't in any of these old ones. It wasn't in a United Methodist hymnal until 1964, and then now in the hymnal that we have here. Now, a little family history on how great thou art. My mother, when we were moving to New Jersey in 2002, said, Alan, we have to sit down. We have to play in my funeral. I said, Mom, I got a lot of stuff to do. She said, Alan Keith Brooks, we're going to sit down. I said, okay. And my mom planned her funeral all out in absolute detail. One thing she said, don't read the 23rd song. That's a downer. I said, okay. <laughs> Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the hills. That was her that was her psalm. My dad planned nothing about his funeral. He said, I don't care. I'm not going to be there. That was, that was his theory. So we basically did for my dad's funeral exactly what we did for my mom's. And if you would have known them, you would have known whatever my mom said, my dad did. So that, that carried through. But the one thing my dad said about his funeral was, don't sing how great thou art. I said, okay, Dad, we, we won't. He said, it doesn't flow. It has a pause. How great thou art. And he would make that face. How great thou art. I said, okay, Dad, we won't sing it. My dad's theory of worship is you should go out whistling the last hymn. If every worship ended with a Susa march, my dad would be thrilled. So there was no, no, how great thou art. But we'll begin our hymn sing with one verse of how great thou art, and then uh, you can call out your favorite hymns. Okay, we're going to do this one first. 322. 322. Is that, is that okay? <laughs> then we'll get to yours. 322. Thanks, Sandy.
there was somebody, was there, were you, did you? Oh, wait a minute, it's, it's Linda way in the back, okay. Okay, Neely, what's up? What is it? Okay. Whatever. My hope is built. Let's, let's, what is it? 368. You know these by heart? No. no I know. 377, under the 377. Just back a few, 
261. 261. Seven eight three seven eight. Then we'll get Joyce three seventy eight. Four sixty two. 
51, 451. Ten, three ten. Hope you don't have lunch reservations. <laughs> this is awesome.
nine nine. Six zero zero. One forty three, one four three. Zero four five zero four.
tell you why I like uh, hymn sings. You don't see it, but Pastor Ty and I work on worship a lot, you know, to plan, to plan ahead. And, uh, you know, we pick hymns, scripture, we spend time on the service and then the sermon because we want it to look polished. You know, you, you expect that, right? If you got here and we're up here stumbling, I don't know what I was going to do, you know, you, you'd be disappointed. But sometimes I think, you know, it's, I know the Holy Spirit works in what we do weeks ahead, but it, it can become too polished. But I love hymn sings because when we got up this morning, none of us knew what we were going to do, what we were going to sing. Now, you could have picked some of them, right? But it's the Holy Spirit moving in all of us. It, it's unplanned, and there's very little unplanned in our life. It's unscheduled. It's just the Holy Spirit. And, and the hymns are lifted up because of what you've been through in your life and what has happened to you and what the hymn means to you or maybe means meant to your grandmother or somebody, how that hymn has seen you through times in life. And I, and I like that because life is more like that than it is all planned and polished, right? You know, when you get up in the morning, you know exactly what's going to happen that day and none of it does. So it reminds me that the Holy Spirit is with us when life isn't always exactly as we planned it, or exactly polished and, and, and finished. So I love, I love hymn sings. So we'll do a couple more, and then, go ahead, Carrie. 707. Thank you. 
526, and then we'll end on 526. Seven four three seventy four. come here and we have sung God's praises. We have lifted up the hymns that inspire us and move us that are on our hearts. So now let us go and stand on God's promises and may the song of God go with us. May, may it be in our head, may it be in, in our lives so that our lives sing that song day in and day out. So the world will one day all sing the song of our God in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.